Hey guys, welcome to the Seven Figure Box Show. My name is Andrew Frezza, and in today's episode, I'm joined by LJ Regine of Rocks Fire Fitness down in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And LJ is someone that I met a couple years ago. He actually applied for one of our coaching positions through Barbell Jobs, and he took a class here with us and ultimately decided around that time that he was a better fit to pursue his own thing and become a gym owner. And we had a lot of conversations around that time about what he was trying to achieve and, and where he should start his gym and all these different things. And we've kept in touch over the years. And I've really followed his gym and liked what I've seen in terms of his branding. He's, he's moved away from CrossFit and he's created his own brand and Rocksfire Fitness, but uh, his own identity as well. And that's what we talk about in today's episode. So enjoy the episode. If you guys have any questions, reach out to Andrew at FitTown.com and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I was actually looking up before our call. I was looking up when you had applied for CrossFit Palm Beach, and it was like two years ago. I think May was our first correspondence, May 2018, and then we had talked throughout the summer. Um, what do you remember about the uh, the application process, if anything? Well, I just remember like you know, I was at a place where I was trying to figure out what my next moves were. Um, I had recently, so in 2017, at the end of 2017, I tore my pack. Yeah, I remember that. And I had gone through a divorce um, shortly thereafter um, and was kind of not really loving the environment that I was working in. And I had come to Virginia because I was working in Virginia because mm -hmm. uh, my sister lived there and I had been in New York City for 12 years and I was just over it, I was done. And, but I didn't love it there, Virginia, DC. What didn't feel like me. So I was like, what do I, like, what's next for me? And I think I came across your posting on Barbell Jobs or mm -hmm. website. And what I really liked is, and what I've always enjoyed about you, Andrew, is you are very high level in how you think about things. Like you understand what a business really is and what it needs to work. You're not just the fitness guy who likes training people who open the gym. And I loved your approach and your focus on your values. And I kind of, I, I remember a couple of them now at this point. And I think one that was really important is coaches must take class. And I actually, you know, with my business, what I do, that's the same thing that I have my coaches do as well is like, we need to be just as much as part of the community and understanding how our classes work, understanding. And for me, it's like understanding from a, um, as a client in the class, even though you're a coach, like understanding what the product is that's being delivered to you, it, I think it's super valuable. So that's one of the things that I remember about speaking with you and just kind of your thought process and how you were seeing your brand and where you wanted to go. And I thought that was really cool and really exciting. Yes. Um, and yeah, the, the thing I remember about you, LJ, is you were in this, you were on the fence of deciding, well, do I want to be a coach? Do I want to be a GM? Do I want to be a gym owner? And, you know, I, I remember being somewhat involved in that process of you keeping me informed of where you were at and then ultimately deciding that, you know what, I do think I want to be going down the gym owner route. Can you walk us through that, the thinking behind that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's one of those things where you get to a point in your life where you have to, to me, it's you have to be like the master of your ship, right? Uh, you have to be in charge and in command. And I always knew that the nine to five was not my jam. So that I already knew. And then beyond that, I've always been really creative in the sense that, you know, like I had my own theater company in college and after college, like I was always coming up with these ideas. And, and for me, building somebody else's business and building somebody else's dream, I had done that. And I got really clear with myself about, okay, what do I want to keep building somebody else's dream? Or do I want to actually put the time, attention, effort, energy into my own? Right. Because there's, there's uh, one of the things that happens there, you make that decision or you decide that's what you want to do. It's exciting, but then you also have to confront all of the shadow stuff about yourself. You know, the, 
you know, the doubts that you have, the insecurities. And that's, I think, one of the hardest things for entrepreneurs to handle because as you know, it's a freaking grind when you start a business. Um, yeah. Two years later, it's still a grind and you have to have that sort of clarity of mind and the purpose and the courage of your convictions to get yourself through any of those doubts and insecurities that you have. Um, because I think that's why a lot of people don't succeed with their business is they get in their head and they can't get out of it. Um, so I you, think, yeah. Do you remember, or I mean, I'm sure you're still working through them. Do you, can you think of any off the top of your head of, of those, those limiting beliefs or things that held you back? I know money's a big one for a lot of people. Um, what, what stands out to you as some of the limiting beliefs you had to work through to get, um, this thing off the ground? I'm not a businessman. I don't, I don't know how to run a business, you know? And I think for me, that was the, you know, my, I've always been a creative, big ideas guy. And I, you know, I have great execution skills, but for me, sometimes it's the money stuff, like the numbers stuff that I get really stuck on. And I know that you kind of have to have both, but I've kind of learned, or one of the things that I have learned is that I don't have to do everything. And having a team of people around you or other people that have better you know, skills and knowledge than you in a certain area and calling upon those people so you're not putting that extra pressure on yourself, that's something that I learned you know, through this process is that I get to do what I'm best at because that's where I'm going to really shine and succeed. But it was getting over that mental hurdle for me before I was like, you know what, you, I, I, not to swear on your podcast, but F this, I'm just going to do it. You can swear. I think it's mostly... Uh you know, adults that can listen to this. So, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I just lost the question I had actually, I wanted to circle that circle back to the idea of building someone else's dream, because I think there's a lot of people, I think that thought pops into every employee's head at some point. And I think that there's some people that need to, grasp that thought and run with it. And I think you're a good example because you're someone that always ideas. Sounds like you were always a very much of a self-starter in a lot of ways as well. I think there's a lot of people that that belief pops into their head, but it's more of a belief out of scarcity. It's not a belief out of creativity that, oh my God, I have all these ideas and I want to be able to do my own thing. It's this idea of, well, I'm working so hard and I'm doing it for this other person to make money. And if that's the only reason that the belief is coming up, then I think it's a problem with the belief, not necessarily a problem of what that person's doing. Because I think it, for a lot of people, um, because I go through a lot of these job interviews with people and you're actually, at least of the interviews, you're more of the exception than the rule. The exception is the person that figures out that, yeah, I am, I am the right person to go on my own. But what I found in our industry is that a lot of people really just want to coach and they want to continue doing that. It might not just be group classes. It might be personal training. It might be programming. It might be nutrition. Coaching is a very broad field, but they, they can let that thought of, I don't want to work to make someone else's money, distract them from the thing that they actually love to do, which is they really just love to coach. And if they can get to a situation where they can be able to focus on that, that's where they're going to be happiest. I, I agree with you. And one of my internal values for the company is passion first, meaning that whoever's working for me, um, whatever capacity that they're working in, they have to be really passionate about it or it's just not gonna be a good fit. So I do have you know, um, somebody that works for me and he's amazing, but he's good at what he's good at. And he, it's not that he doesn't have aspirations to become better and you know, know more things and you know, increase his skill set, but he loves doing what he's doing. And so not everybody is going to be like, uh, you know, go your own way and do your own thing. And I think, you know, kind of going off of what you said, you know, if you are so clear with yourself and, you know, you know what you're good at, what you love, then dive into it because there is money to be there. There is something for you. So I'm definitely the exception, but I, I totally respect, you know, other people's clarity on what, what's right for them. Yeah. Now, when did uh, your gym open uh, officially? Uh, January 17th, 2019. 19. Okay. So it's been about a year and a half. And did you guys open as a CrossFit gym? I know your brand is Rocksfire Fitness. Can you talk us to, to us about the early design of the brand? And I know I want to talk about the evolution in a second, but I, I want to kind of go to where you were at that moment. 
So I had been coaching CrossFit for about seven years and that's what I knew. And so for me, though I had branded, I was like, there was a thought in my mind that was like, be open. So brand is Rockspire Fitness, but also affiliate. So I affiliated as RF1 CrossFit. Okay. And so I started out as a CrossFit gym, um, which in hindsight, I have a 1500 square foot space plus barbells does not a CrossFit gym make. But um, that's where I started because that's what I knew and that's what was comfortable for me that I knew that I could excel or succeed at and could crush at. So um, that was the original idea with Rockspire. Nice. And did, uh, how long did you only keep the affiliate for a year? And then how quickly did you evolve out of what you would consider uh, that box of CrossFit? Um, so it was actually last, the end of last summer is when I was like, let's go back to the drawing board. Because what I found was I would have CrossFitters come try my gym out, but for them, it didn't feel like a CrossFit gym. And the way that I was doing things and how I approached stuff, I think for them, it was like, oh, this doesn't feel like CrossFit. And to be honest, I love CrossFit. I think in terms of coaching and the knowledge that I've gained, like there's, to me, there's no better like practical application of these skills. It's way better than just reading from a PT manual or whatever, you know, but I've loved bodybuilding. I've loved high intensity interval training, power lifting, Olympic lifting. I've loved everything. So I've never been dogmatic in my belief about, you know, mm -hmm. you know, CrossFit. So and I also, and the way that I was approaching things wasn't strictly CrossFit. And it wasn't until I sat down with Stu, with Stu Brower from um, mm -hmm. WTF Gym Talk, um, and started working with him as a business coach capacity that I just went back to the drawing board. And my initial intention, Andrew, when I started the gym was I want to do this my way. I have so many ideas. I want to do it my way. And then I got caught in the concept of what is a CrossFit gym? But then it was kind of like, well, what's LJ fit? You know, like what is my unique spin that I bring to this? I already had the name. I already had a couple of these concepts. So I just kind of really got clear. And there's this amazing book called Primal Branding um, that I read that just really opened my mind about, you know, what was my brand? And that's really where the conversation began and taking um, RF1 CrossFit saying bye-bye and just really leaning into Rockspire Fitness. I love it. I love it so much. Um, yeah, it sounds like you were in this weird in-between where you weren't hardcore enough for the CrossFitters. You also had really bad operational capacity trying to use barbells in a 1,500-square-foot space. Um, but then you're too hardcore for the, the general public, or maybe not too hardcore, but just disconnected from what they're actually trying to get when they walk into the gym. Well, you know um, the objections, the CrossFit objections, you know, just because of the, the brand identity for a lot of people isn't very positive, especially for people who just are looking to get fit. They're not necessarily CrossFitters, even though we all know CrossFit's an amazing way for people to get fit and you don't have to get injuries doing CrossFit. But unfortunately, that's not what I was finding a lot of, you know, the population I was attracting understood about CrossFit. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that you've you've had this open-minded belief about fitness because I've very much been the same way. My background's in, in sport, so it was like, okay, when I grew up, it was like, well, what's going to get me better at this sport? And I tried a lot of things as, as a byproduct of that. And then finding CrossFit, it was just another tool. It wasn't, I mean, it, it, it was the holy grail in some sense, in the, in the sense that it caught my attention enough to start a business around it but I never felt so attached to it that it was, you know, what CrossFit says is, is the only path. So um, what is your, how has your programming shifted to encompass sort of LJ's view on fitness? So what essentially I did is I had started working with this superhero idea. So I had somebody do a mural outside my building um, because I, I live in um, Flagler Village in Fort Lauderdale, which is kind of an up and coming artsy type neighborhood. So I got a mural done of these superheroes because I always, I've always loved superheroes and there was something very empowering about it. And so I was like, wait a second, like these superheroes really represent my brand. 
And okay, if I'm not doing CrossFit programming, what is it that I, what is it that I love that I think people need for fitness? For me, bodybuilding, um, you know, in CrossFit circles can have a bad rap, but we all know that strengthening your muscles is, you know, you know, part and parcel to injury prevention. Most people come to the gym or a lot of people come to the gym because they want to look good naked, right? Yeah. That's a, you know, they may not say it that way, but everyone wants to look good, right? And for me, bodybuilding has always been, um, you know, another passion of mine. So I started with this idea, okay, so if I have a class, let's call it build. And what I'll focus on in this class is more tempo, focusing on specific muscles, right, for people. So that was kind of um, idea number one. And then number two is the high intensity interval. We all know CrossFit junkies love their high intensity interval training, even though we don't necessarily call it that uh, within the CrossFit world. But, you know, it's great for your heart, your anaerobic capacity, three minutes on, one minute off, that sort of stuff. Lighter weights, maybe more body weight stuff. So that became an identity that was rev. So I had build and rev. And then I came up with Fuse, which was like, okay, how do I have maybe a catch-all class or something that is a little bit different from what you'd maybe see in a gym? And, uh, and over time, that's really evolved into our coordination, balance, and power class. So what I mean by that is we do a lot of single arm, single leg work in that class. We focus a lot on core. And then that's where I'll also throw in some CrossFit style movements like dumbbell snatches or cleans. But, but one of the things that I found missing from, or I find missing generally from fitness programs is a lack of focus on core um, and a lack, lack of focus on, on imbalances um, and just kind of- Tempos. Concern. What's that? Tempos. Yes. And just kind of wanted to address that and that kind yeah. of became Rev, Build, and Fuse. And then I had a superhero or I have a superhero that represents each one of those classes. So that's where I started to, you know, the identity started to become more clear. And, you know, the, the tagline is still train bold, live wild, but I often use train like a superhero. So that gives yeah. me great face to the market perspective. What do you do at Roxfire? We train like superheroes. What does that mean? Oh, we have these three class styles. So it started to become really clear from a branding perspective once I just kind of let my imagination run wild. Um, and it, you know, turned into this identity that was so much more sellable and easy to communicate to people than uh, high intensity, you know, constantly varied functional movement at a high intensity, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Yeah, the train like a superhero, I think is a great tagline. I think it, it allows people to, to visualize this idea of looking a certain way and also being, being functional. You're saying a lot about the functionality of what you're doing not just looking a certain way because we all know you know superheroes is what they can do with it it's not just that they they look you know look really good now maybe not everyone's familiar with this but have you taken have you structured your programming like metabolic does where of these three categories are those classes that if i show up on a monday i can choose any of those classes or is every monday build and then every tuesday's rev and every wednesday's fuse how does it structure at your gym it changes every week. So sometimes, so it'll depend on the day, what the class is. Um, because I didn't want to box myself into a corner because I know some people have more of a fixed schedule with their, with their life. So they can only come Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And I didn't want them always hitting the same three styles of classes um, mm -hmm. in, in the order that they're, that they got used to, because I still am very much into that variance of movement idea. Um, with, you know, that's more of a, cro a CrossFit thing. Right. You and, still don't want people to specialize at your gym. You want them to, to embrace this superhero idea, which is the ability to do everything, essentially. Yeah. Lift, you know, run, throw, you carry, everything. You should be able to do everything. Mm -hmm. Cool. So then does it, does it just, um, is it the same? So does it go build, rev, fuse, build, rev, fuse, and then because it's, uh, a seven day week. And I imagine you guys are open seven days. It offsets the following week. Is that how it works or how do you structure it? So what I also started building in is so coronavirus, COVID um, was actually, even though it was not great for the business as we were, as we were discussing or anybody in our position, it gave me a lot of freedom to restructure things because I still was doing 60 minute classes, which was like kind of a CrossFit thing, right? You have an hour uh, class, right? When I, when I reopened from, from COVID, I condensed classes because I know it's a limitation 
in, in how many people I could fit in my studio. So I decided to make the main class 45 minutes. Um, and that allowed me a little bit more time to clean and sanitize and get ready for the next class. And I was realizing that I could fit everything in that I needed to do in 45 minutes anyways with what we were doing. And then I kind of came up with this idea of like, okay, most of my clients are young on the go professionals. What if we did a half hour class to maybe fill in some spots on the weekend or on some off peak hours that I can get more people in the door in a shorter amount of time. So I have a 30 minute, um, you know, version of our, our classes that we call rocks X, which is like mm -hmm. rocks express. Um, so that kind of offsets. So like on Saturday and Sunday, it'll be more like rocks X. Um, so I'll usually have like a six day week and then I can kind of flip around. So Sunday will be rocks X and then I can kind of flip around the stuff for the next week. But I kind of use that half hour class to, to kind of build in a little bit more flexibility in the schedule for me. Nice. And, uh, I want to talk a little bit about operational capacity. I, I still Stu's, you know, anybody that follows Stu's stuff, hears that term a lot but I still think that the average gym owner doesn't think about that enough. Um, what did that look like going from where you were as more of a CrossFit gym to where you are now? Um, realizing that I wasted a couple grand on a, on a rig and barbells in place. <laughs> Actually more than a couple grand. But um, no, so, so what I did is I removed the rig. Um, I was only able to fit like nine people it, it, like on a great day in my space. And I was like, this is not gonna work. Um, if I'm at normal capacity, which now who knows when that's going to come back. And, you know, this is still the, the nut I'm trying to crack. I could fit 16 people, 15, 16 people in the state. Wow. It's almost double. Exactly. And so for me, what I did was I took away the, took away the rig and then I hung rings, um, from every station, like, uh, gymnastics rings, um, mm -hmm. which you know, we can bring down to do ring rows, push-ups. Like I think rings are so great and, and are very underutilized. Um, Agreed. from a CrossFit perspective. And they're so, you know, super functional for what we're doing. And then getting rid of the barbells allowed me to just focus in on dumbbells and kettlebells um, as like the main implement that we use for our stuff. And then boom, there you go. I double my capacity just like that. Mm -hmm. Now, do you feel limited as a programmer with just those tools? No, not at all. I, I mean, I think, you know, I love deadlifts. I love pressing. I love squatting. Um, but for me, I wanted one of the, the nuts that I was trying to crack too with the CrossFit thing is I didn't want to go the PT first route. I wanted people to be able to jump right into class. And you can't really do that with CrossFit, as we know, which always becomes the question of like foundations, elements, how that works. Are they certain nights? Like it just becomes this like scheduling nightmare. That's how I, that was my perception of it anyways. Um, so for me, Anybody can pick up a dumbbell, anybody can pick up a kettlebell and with some quick cues and some modifications, get moving, get moving right away. And then with the CrossFit coming in, it's like all of my coaches are trained in that arena. So we're able to spot movement patterns pretty quickly to yep. kind of modify or adjust what we need to. But honestly, I feel like it's, it's, it's a limitation, uh, you know, in, in art, in the world, in art world, um, they're always like, they're always, always a saying of like limitation is where creativity begins. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes if you have too many options, you're like, I don't know what to do. But if you're limit, if you actually do limit yourself, you can find a lot of beauty and synergy in what you're doing. Yeah. I found that true to true as well, which is why I want to ask that question is that you have to have some kind of constraints. Um, you know, if you, if, if I asked you to just, Hey, like journal for me right now, it's going to be probably hard for you. But if I told you to, to give me a, give you a journal prompt, Hey, how did yesterday go? Like, how did your dinner go yesterday? Like it's going to be a completely different experience and then you can expand from there. So uh, I agree with you there that uh, the limitations can actually lead to more freedom, more creativity. When did you start working with Stu? Uh, October of last year. And I gotta say, like anybody out there who's a who's a, 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 a owner of a gym, the business coach or a business coach is the best investment that you yeah. can do for yourself. Having a mentor or somebody who's gone before you, or somebody that you can be like, I've got this awesome idea, and they're like, Well, you need to think about X, Y, Z, saves you a lot of time and money that you may, you know, that you may be spending. 
And, you know, I can't say enough great things about him, especially through Corona. You know, the ideas that he was throwing out there to help me stay afloat or help other people in my position. He's just, he's one of the best. And I love how his brain works. And he's just an awesome dude. Yeah, I think you're, you guys are a match made in heaven. I think it was, it was exactly what you needed in your business because so much of it was pulling that creativity out of you and, and focusing on the branding side, which is something that Stu does really, really well. So I, one of the reasons I wanted you on the podcast is I've seen the evolution of your brand and how it's become so much more defined and unique and specific over time. And I, I think it's really, really cool. I think, you know, you could, you could look at the, the superhero thing and, and say, well, it's too specific. It's too niche down, but it, from the outside looking in, I think it's, it's probably having the opposite effect that that's actually giving something, the consumer, something to latch their identity to something to talk about, something to refer their friends to something to get excited for. Um, and it's all over your website too. So I'd encourage people that have some of these creative ideas to check out what you've done and how you've really built it into your website and social media side. How long did it take to really get it from like, you know, conversations with Stu to like some, some really tangible things that the members could see and experience? Um, about uh, three, four weeks. I, I'm somebody that like, I just, I get shit done. So like if somebody gives me an idea or I talk to Stu and Stu's like, you know, do this, uh, do this assignment, boom, it's done. Like, I just won't stop until things start to just flow and gel. Like, I move on things. And it's a good thing and a bad thing. Because when I actually first started coaching CrossFit, I was at CrossFit Queens. And the owner had sold um, half the business to this gentleman named John, who was not a fitness person, but he was a business guy. And it was hell for a year because it seemed like every two months he was coming up with a different concept or a different idea of how to optimize this, how to change that. And, you know, as a, you know, 23, 24 year old, I was like, this is so crazy. But at the end of the day, I look back now and I'm like, I get what he was doing. He was tinkering with the business to see what worked and what didn't. So I, I am a big fan of tinkering and trying different things. And I've thrown out things that just flat on their face and other things that the members really gelled with. And it's just, you know, trusting that if people enjoy what you're doing, they'll be open to you changing things and modifying things. And like even the concept I started with, with the superhero thing in November or October, November till now is totally different. It's more defined. It's, it's, it's got a process now. There's a way that we do onboarding that we've created like, so I love the experimentation stuff. And I'm sure my staff, you know, Jordan and Jess, who are my, my number one and number two, like maybe a little frustrated with me sometimes, but you know, they're on the journey along with me. So yeah. when it comes to that, the, the rebranding side and things you've done since you started working with Stu, do anything jump out to you as like real home runs? You know, you said you try a lot of stuff, not everything works you know, what are some of those things that really stuck? And I'll give you an example if you're still thinking on, on, on your end, but um, like for us, the committed club was something that we just kind of tried. The committed club is like, we reward people if they come 15 visits in a month, we have a yearly committed club where they get a t-shirt um, that's specific to that year. If they make it 15 times a month for all 12 months. And that was something we tried three years ago. That's just been a home run for us. And has actually been the saving grace for a lot of people during COVID because they still like as hard as it as it is for them to work out at home, they still know about the committed club and want to get those 15 classes. So is there anything that from your end has, and it could be small, it could be like a simple video you did or a social media post that you did that was just like, wow, that really like landed with people. So I think, but you know, and this isn't a new idea, but um, assigning each client to a, a coach. And that was something that we kind of started to do, but we got more serious about it this year. So when a, when a client onboards with us, one of the first things they do after they sign up is they sit down for a half hour goal setting session with the coach. And that's where we get really clear with them about what are you actually here for? And here's how we can get you those results. Because what I do find in a lot of CrossFit or functional fitness type spaces is there's not really, this isn't true everywhere, but there's, not necessarily someone that's following along this journey with you and holding you accountable to your goals. 
and then holding us accountable to give you what you say that you want or that you've signed up for. And since we've implemented that, compliance has been way up. People are coming to class way more. They're way more invested and involved in their nutrition, especially. That's been a huge change that I've seen at the gym. And I really feel like that's what we do really, really well is that concierge level piece that not everyone does and not everyone needs to. Um, and it definitely takes time and energy and resources um, from an operational perspective. But the goal here is to create a product where I can slowly increase my price point. So it doesn't necessarily matter that I have 200 people at my gym, but maybe that I have 100 people at my gym paying $300 a month, but they're getting a concierge level experience. And that's kind of what I've become really interested in and in cracking that nut. And that's really where I see my, my brand going and what I think we do really well, connecting with people and really, and, it, and also what that does is it makes the client much clearer for us of who's a good fit for us, mm -hmm. you know, who's the right client for Rockspire, because it really is a two-way street. It's not like, you know, buy my product. It's like, you know, are you going to be the right fit for what we're doing? So I think that's what's worked well for us. Yeah, I mean, that's, that mindset has been a game changer for us on the sales side of trying to like treat it like a job interview of like, I'm, I'm considering if this person is a good fit for our community as much as they're, you know, they're asking the questions and figuring out if they're a good fit. And I think it's really important to do that. And then I love that you're continuing that relationship as an ongoing thing. Now, how has your price point changed? Because you said your, you know, your goal is to increase prices. Have you already done that? And do you have a systematic way that you're thinking about this in the future or what's the approach on pricing? So I've, I've kind of rolled out new pricing since COVID and it hasn't been too much of a jump. Um, but my plan is as, so my plan is by the end of the year to, um, I've kind of not, you know, change the pricing of my current members but as we continue to add more value and provide more products and services there's going to be a price change for for everybody and i think it has to be incremental but mm -hmm. um, i'm basically giving us this this six month window of providing and creating that value um so that when we do change the prices it's going to be like well yeah i mean look, look what we've accomplished. And that's, we have these kind of three month check-ins with people and we're doing body fat, we're doing weight. So we have a whole bunch of data that we can be like, look what we did. So, you know, this takes a lot of time and energy. We want to continue to provide you the best quality service. So we're going to, we're going to have to raise the prices a little bit and, you know, kind of go from there. I haven't fully thought that through yet, but it's definitely yeah. that's swirling around. Yeah, it's funny because we we've gone back and forth on it over the years. Um, we have done many price raises in the eight years. We've done some price raises that affect everyone, um, some price raises that affect new everyone but new people more than old members. We've some done ones that are just on old members, and you know we have people in the gym that are paying different memberships based on the time they were here. And I was. I, 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 for one point I got into this mindset of like, and you hear a lot of the consultants out there that, Hey, like your, your, your service today is the same for everybody. And it doesn't matter that someone's been paying you for seven years, like the loyalty factor. It's, it's what are you providing today? And is it still worth worthwhile? But I think that there's an emotional component to that when you raise prices on former members that can create a lot of, of rifts in your community. I think you have to do it. You have to incorporate that emotional side. And I know it's tough as a business owner to raise prices on former members. And, you know, you're dealing with a smaller facility, but one of the things I've found at our facility is that we're going to have a natural amount of turnover at anyways. And I think it's the most important part for us is to make sure that we're priced well for the incoming member, because we're still getting a lot of those. And, and over time, those older members on lower prices are actually going to kind of weed themselves out because they're going to move on to different things. So I think, um, you know, it's, I, I think that's the most important part for a lot of gym owners is just to make sure that that current price for incoming people is, is held to that standard and it's at where you want to be moving forward. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, so initially I did like a 12 times and then limited, but now I have 12, 16 and unlimited and 16 now is the price point that unlimited used to be. Mm. Because I looked, I looked at the attendance trends and like, you know, people who were unlimited were coming at most 
four times a week. A lot of them are coming three times a week, even though they're paying for unlimited, right? So I was like, right. here's, here's a, another way to increase that average client value. Um, so yeah, just in the beginning stages of playing around with that. Yeah, and I think I think once we get to a place where we're we feel like we're post COVID and that confidence is back in consumers, I think what used to look expensive is going to look really cheap in our market. Uh, one, because there's going to be a lot of gyms that go out of business, so the there's going to be things that consolidate. There's less options. But I think there's a lot of people that have, number one, realized how important their health is at this time. And then number two, realize how much they truly hate working out at home on their own and how much they value the in-person experience. So I think that, I mean, what we've seen is even in this, we've been open for a week since our most recent shutdown. I mean, people just are not complaining about price and we're, we're charging more than we ever have on the front end. Our, our prices range from usually they're paying $3.99 or $4.99 up front uh, day one in that no sweat intro. And we almost never have um, issues with price on that. We provide a lot of value for that. I mean, they get personal training, they get 40 days of classes, they get in-body tests. There's a lot built into that. So it's a great value. But still, most people would hear those numbers, $3.99, $4.99, balk at the price. And that's just not happening right now the way it, it did six months ago. I love it. I mean, and you're absolutely right. I mean, I think, you know, what are we going to do as business owners, right? We're going to look at the bright side or what are the positives here, right? That's come out of Corona. And I think you're right. There is more of a focus on health and wellness than maybe there's ever been in, in our recent memory of why it's so important for you to care about, uh, care about your fitness. hundred percent. So one of my big thoughts right now is, is gym owners need to weather the storm. Like this thing is not going away anytime soon. And it, again, if we can get to the other end of this where consumer confidence is back up, then I think we're in, in an amazing position to thrive. Um, but I do think it's going to be a long road to get there, you know, even, even with all the technological advances, even if something surprising were to happen and this thing were to magically sort of go away and cases were to go down, I think consumer confidence is going to take a while. How are you thinking about it or, or sort of weathering the storm on your end? So one of the things that I've, I've always told myself is that I thrive in chaos. So for me, um, I like the feeling of it being the wild, wild west, because then you get to see like who's really in this for the long haul. Um, and that's just a competitive side of me coming, coming out with, you know, you know, competitor businesses of mine. Um, so I think having this mindset of like, I'm going to adapt and try different things. And I think, you know, one of the things that we did during COVID is we created this online video library that we're still adding videos to. And now we've got 70 videos. Um, so it's a, it's a different product offering that I have now. So it's like you can, when you're a member, you get access to Rockspire on demand. So if you're traveling or want to work out at home, here you go. Um, so I think for me, there's obviously the very real concern of, wow, my space is limited in capacity right now. Also, wow, I have to pay rent, right? And I have to pay all my expenses and everything like that. And I don't have the answer or the easy answer yet, but I'm confident in our ability um, to, I'm confident in our product at this point that we've got a really fucking awesome product and that if we just keep working to find those new ways to connect with people, find ways to get our members to help um, find those referrals for us, which as we know is always our best sources, best sources of um, uh, referrals is our, our current members and different innovative ways you can use the internet to find people like, I like the challenge. So I'm not super stuck in like, oh no, what am I gonna do, Bill? That yeah, was. and I don't, I don't think you can, gloss over that belief in yourself. I think what you said that you thrive in chaos is probably the biggest factor that's going to lead to your survival in this thing. One belief that I've always had in myself is that like I thrive when my back's against the wall and, and oftentimes when things are easier, I tend to coast or uh, not just not be as creative or not as resourceful as I need to be. And when my back's against the wall, you know, that's when I really am able to click into that full gear. So I think that's probably the most important thing that you said is just you have that belief in yourself and you can always fall back on that when no matter how bad things get. Yeah. 
Um, tell us a little bit about the online, because I think you're, you guys are using Studio, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what are your videos? Are they just workout explanations? Are they start to finish guided experience? What is it? Yeah, it's uh, usually a 30 minute, um, a 30 minute experience of, and each week we do three for, for each of our three classes. Um, so what I did during COVID is we did loan out equipment to people, um, which was really helpful. Um, but now in the videos, you know, this is kind of a nut we haven't cracked yet. Stu's always talking about like purchasing equipment and then selling equipment to people, but finding equipment right now is always the, is the challenge. That's yeah, a mess. Yeah. So most of the videos that we do now are either just body weight or with a dumbbell. Cause I'm just making the assumption that maybe you have a dumbbell or a kettlebell somewhere in your house. If Some kind of weighted it. object that is in a similar shape. Pick your cat up. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get a workout. Um, so they're just basically that. So we've got like a Tabata style warm up, and then either one or two pieces that correlate with our fuse build and rev sort of themes. Nice. And where are you guys shooting them? How are you shooting them? Are you using microphones, music? Like, what's the like the actual logistics of those? My iPhone. <laughs> so I mean, it's a great piece of gear, as we all know. Um, so yeah. we shoot it at the gym on there. Um, I've, uh, one of the, my purchases I made during COVID was uh, Final Cut Pro, which I've now become my own pro uh, at using. So I do all the editing, Jordan, who's my, my GM, um, he films all the videos, does the programming for them. And so it's just something that, you know, I haven't in the past couple of weeks since we've really like back in the in-person world, I haven't tweaked it too much. Um, but I'm trying to think like, is there a product here that could just be sold by itself? Is there an interest for that? Like, that's something that Stu is always talking about, something I'm thinking about. Um, but it hasn't been something that I felt like has caught fire with people uh, who want to work out at home. So I don't know. I don't know what the future of that product is. I think the market will tell us. I just wonder how many people bought Peloton bikes um, during COVID that are maybe just now gathering dust. I don't know, yeah. you know, what's the usage rate? So I, I, I kind of want to learn more about, about what, you know, the at-home experience has turned into. Because I'm sure you've read articles that are very much like, this is the future. And other articles that are like, ah, eh, people still want to have that interaction one-on-one with you. So what, yeah. what's your take on that? Is, is so I would say yes to both. It is yeah. both in the sense yeah. that um, when, I, when I thought about our gym, pre-COVID and then as COVID started to, to hit, um, my thoughts have basically stayed the same. Is like, how can we position our business in a way that it's timeless? And um, I don't know how familiar you are with our Rockstar coaching course, but a lot of the things that we teach in the Rockstar coaching course are those softer skills that are often overlooked by a lot of coaches like relationship building and communication and um, just being able to make someone feel comfortable in our environment. And um, to me, that that is timeless. And it's actually only going to become more important and seeked out in the future because as we spend more time on our phones, as we spend more time working remotely, right? Less people are going to be going to the office. Now, COVID, COVID has, I don't think it's actually hurting the in-gym experience. I think it's going to help the in-gym experience because COVID has accelerated the shutdown of the in-person office, right? A lot of companies are, are no longer going to have that. COVID has made it so maybe people are not going to quite travel as much as they did or do things socially quite as much. So that gym is going to really serve that social experience for people. And I think that's what ultimately makes it, it timeless. It's so hard to replace the camaraderie and energy that you get in a really good group class experience. And, um, you know, we found in our, our gym, uh, one of the things that we saw with our reservation system is that people like to be where other people are. So we had a 35 person cap in our classes and we had classes that were regularly capping. And then we had other classes in the day that would get five to seven people, but the class, you know, people want to get into the nightclub that they can't get into, not the nightclub that has no line. So I think, you know, you have to hit a critical mass to start, but I don't see that going away anytime soon. Now, with that being said, I think there's a large percentage of people that have realized they do thrive at home or they want to have periods of time throughout the year, throughout their life 
that they're just going to kind of retreat back to the home thing. Um, maybe it's because they just want to be able to listen to their own music, listen to a podcast while they're working out. Maybe it's because they want to have a little bit more control over their workouts, or maybe because they have less time. You know, they take out the drive time, they take out some of that socializing time, and they can be in and out in 40 minutes. Um, we actually just shot a uh, one of our FTX workouts as a follow along version. Um, FTX is our new our our new name for our CrossFit program. It was 43 minutes start to finish. So with uh, intro, warm up, time to build, time to practice your movement, a full 10 minute EMOM strength, and then an interval workout and cool down, it was 43 minutes start to finish. Normally in, in the gym environment, that's 55 to 60 minutes because of those little things that eat up time throughout. So you save a person driving time, and all that that little um, you know filler time, but just extra time that gets eaten away in a class environment of twenty people. Now they're in and out in forty three minutes instead of uh, potentially seventy five to ninety minutes of their day. So I think that is going to always be an advantage. And I think um, you know the other thing is that I think that the gyms that are not that are not differentiating themselves by having a really nice facility, by having coaches that care, they're going to get commoditized out of the market. And I see there's going to be a lot of people that want a Peloton like experience that looks and feels more like CrossFit at home that don't love paying $150 a month for their local gym that are going to just choose to work out in their own garage with the programming that they like the same way that a lot of them have moved to, an Invictus or a comp train or things like that, I think you're going to see a market migrate, but that experience is going to get elevated. It's programming is, is becoming a commodity at this point. A written workout is going to become a commodity. It already is. It's been that way. Um, really when you're buying into a comp train, you're buying into Ben Bergeron and Katrin and people like that and being a part of their community more than you are because they have the best programming. So I think it's going to come down to, the next wave is going to be the digital side of who can do a really well, uh, a well um, choreographed experience at home, but it still feels like CrossFit. It doesn't feel like a boot camp at home. Yeah, I mean, and, that, and, and that's why I love. So I follow Dave Lipson's Thunderbro stuff, and I think he's done an amazing job with creating his own brand, his own programming, his own community with it. So I'm interested just as much to see how how that side of of functional fitness evolves in the future i think that's right. tell, tell me a little bit about that what do you what do you what's your your experience of that because i know of Thunderbro, but i haven't yeah. interacted with it so what do you like about it what do you get from it so so Thunderbro is basically so it's dave lipson which you know he used to be uh seminar staff and married to camille um his most notable achievement let's be real <laughs> most notable achievement um, <laughs> you can do a lot and that's always going to be <laughs> <laughs> um so what he's really done is he's made bodybuilding really fun and accessible for crossfitters and he's created this whole identity it's his bro identity and you know you have a lot of bros in your gym it's just what we attract as, as you know fitness people right and he's made it cool to be a bro but provided some really really awesome programming that you know it's not just bro science, or at least the way he talks about it. it. Sounds pretty legit from a science perspective, which CrossFitters are always like, you know, you know, sticking up their noses about making sure mm -hmm. that, you know it's uh, measurable, achievable, repeatable, right? Um, so I just think he's done such a great job ma making that into into a product, and he's like tricked all these CrossFitters into being bodybuilders, and it's pretty awesome to watch. But he's got it's a Facebook group that everyone's super active in who follows his programming, which you can get on Sugarwide. He's always got sick products coming out, like t-shirts, like he's really made an awesome brand out of it. So I, I, you know, steal a lot of my own ideas from other people that I'm seeing, you know, really drilling down into their niche, into their brand. He's done a great job with that. Yeah, one of the things I notice as you bring that up is like, there's a certain element of cheesiness to it that yeah. I think is good. Like. I, I like I could see what you're doing with the superhero thing has an element of that and what he's doing with his has an element of that. And I, I say that as like the highest compliment because I think it gives it's it's what catches your attention and 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 allows you to kind of step like the same way a movie allows you to really just be immersed into it. It's it's allowing the client to be immersed in in the brand as opposed to just a transactional thing. 
it's literally a point of view. It's it like, that's all it is, right? It's just like, here is everything, all this energy directed in one direction. And it's like, you walk into sometimes, you know, and I, when I first moved here to Fort Lauderdale, I went to all the different CrossFit gyms and I could tell right away which gyms had their own point of view and which gyms were just CrossFit, you know, and mm -hmm. like there wasn't anything differentiating about their experience. And I think that's so important for us as functional. I mean, look at Orange Theory and how, you know, the orange zone. Like, when were we ever talking about the orange zone before Orange Theory brought it up, right? Like, when you have a really good, uh, a really good specific point of view and you drill down into it, people get it, people connect with it, you know, and they, and they really vibe with that. So I encourage anybody, you know, if Dave Lipson can turn like Thunder Bro, like, listen, I bought one of his uh, sleeveless uh, sweatshirts. So I got it as a Christmas present and I wear that shit all the time. I love it, right? Like, I'm into that. So there's a market for everybody out there, Andrew. <laughs> I love it. Um, I think we'll wrap up on that. I think that, yeah. was, that was great. Is there anything else that you wanted to add or that, that you wanted to mention coming into this? Yeah. I mean, we, we touched on, you touched on a little bit ago about your rock star coaching program. And I do want to say that the people you surround yourself um, in the gym with for who your employees are or people that work for you or work with you is one of the most important decisions that you'll make. And I've made some mistakes doing that myself. Um, but I love that you have a program that teaches soft skills because those things are really hard to teach. So I'm really actually interested to learn a little bit, little bit more about that. But one thing I wanted to say to kind of add on to that was one thing I do when I have anybody come in and work with me is I have them take this test called the Gallup Strength Finder test. Um, so basically it's this, basically Gallup took 36 different leadership qualities in people and drilled it and drilled all those down. So you take this test and it tells you your top five. And the whole idea is that these top five strengths are what you're best at. Um, and so what I do is I sit there, uh, I have my new employees take that, and then we sit and review my top five and their top five. And where we're gonna gel really well, things we're different in. So I love, I, so my point was, I love this idea of hacking, you know, that whatever, whenever you're hiring someone or someone that's coming to work with you, you really need to understand who this person is, how they operate, how they think, how they work in order for it to be a right fit for you. I know this is kind of like a whole different thread, but- I love it, um, yeah. That's something that you've always been super passionate about and was part of the process of, you know, when I was applying to work, work for you, that was a huge part of what you were doing, was just trying to understand who is this person and will they fit in with what I want them to fit in with here. Yeah. Yeah, to, to add on to that, I often think of like, is this someone that I want to spend the next 20 years of my life with like every day? I mean, because you're potentially going to spend more time with that person than your spouse, than your best friend, um, you know, than your close family. And it's really important that you just, you feel good when you're around that person. 100%. Absolutely. Um, do you know where to find that test? Yeah, you just Google Gallup Strength Finder, and I can also I'll send you a message with. Uh, okay, is that G A L L U P? Yeah, like the polling uh, polling company. Okay, awesome. And then, where can people find uh, uh, Roxfire and you if they want to follow you? Yeah, so on online we're RoxfireFitness.com or at Roxfire Fitness. Uh, my own personal Instagram is at the Modern Thor, uh, which is another brand that I've created as well, a T-shirt brand. So. You know, we're just getting creative. If you've got cool ideas, you want to talk to me about them, any entrepreneurs that have got an idea you might think is crazy, let's run with it. So I'm all about that. Awesome. And that's R-O-X-F-I-R-E yes, fitness. Sir. All right. Thanks for the time, LJ. Great catching up with you. All right. You too.